We've been in the, the book of Malachi. We've been studying from the book of Malachi, and it's been very, very good. And, and let me just pause a moment and just, uh, we need to celebrate our praise team. Don't they do an awesome job week after week? Come on, let's celebrate them. Want to celebrate Hannah and the children's staff. Every, come on, everybody. It's awesome. Need to celebrate. Uh, how many appreciate really good sound? Really good sound. Well, we need to celebrate Brother Jeremy. He works endless hours tirelessly to bring us good sound. And uh, we celebrate Brother Jeremy, our parking staff. Parking staff, our greeters, our hostess, everyone. And then, then be sure and just take a moment and not all of the people that, that have helped us uh, prepare for today's feeding uh, will be visible. Some of them have already worked, and, and they're kind of behind the scenes. But, but do me a favor, and, and just the, the people passing out your plates and the people you see cooking, just take a moment and tell them thank you today. If you, if you would, just tell them thank you for their labor of love, because I know most of them would like to be here today. Uh, in service, but uh, they they made the decision to to work, and so just take a moment to to tell them thank you for their labor of love. We've been studying from the book of Malachi, and what a great study it's been. And and last week we we talked about how many remember what we talked about? 
it's not what I expected. I heard one person, wow, that was a mighty powerful sermon I preached last Sunday. Uh, it, it's not what I expected. How many, uh, just for a little refresher, how many have expected one thing and then got something else? You, you were preparing for one thing and, and it didn't quite work out the way you had prepared. Perhaps you got the degree that you thought would set you up into a career for the rest of your life or position you to be successful and then just as soon as you came out of college there was a thousand more that came out with the same degree and it didn't turn out like you expected. Perhaps you put the, the resume in and you just knew they were going to call you back and you didn't get the call. You, you invested the time and energy and effort into something and it didn't pay the dividends. You, you thought you found the right person and it didn't quite work out. It's not what you expected. Didn't expect to get fired. Didn't expect for my marriage to break up. Didn't expect to go bankrupt. Didn't expect to start over at 55. I was ready to retire and I didn't expect this sickness to latch hold of my body. I didn't think I was going to have to raise my grandkids. I was looking for a stress-free life, but it wasn't what I expected. And that was just a setup to go into what we're going to talk about today because all of these things that sometimes don't work out the way we expect them to work out has the propensity to cause us to question God. To question whether God is really faithful to whether there really is a God who knows where I am and cares for me like I've been told from churches that he cared for me. And it comes down to one, I believe, one single word called trust. Trust. And I, I know that when we're in a church setting, we're, we, we, we get all churchified. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We get all churchified and we, we say things that church people understand, but other people have no clue what we're talking about. And we go to Job and, you know, Job said, Yea, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. And, and Job's kind of the icon on the computer screen of the Bible that we go to to try to validate our emotions and our feelings and and here's Job, and he, his life did not turn out as he expected. He had ten children die in a single day. He was the wealthiest man in the land, and in one single day he filed for bankruptcy, lost everything that he had. Stands on the brink of ten fresh dug graves, with his wife, and I could probably hear him say, this is not what I expected. And I know we get all churchy in this point, we say, well, you know, he stood there and said, 
you know, the Lord gave and the Lord. Come on, you church folk can help me a little bit. The Lord gave and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But try in the limited fashion that we are able and capable of doing to stand in his shoes. To think the emotions and then not only was it 10 children that died in a single day and filed bankruptcy from all that he had, his physical body came under attack. And we find him sitting literally with a piece of pottery, scraping the boils that was on his body. And his wife came in and looked at him and said, you know what, Job, we'll give you some advice. You ought to curse God and die. And it's in Malachi that we find the scripture, and, and you'll find it about verse number, uh, somewhere around verse number 13. He said that your words have been stout against me, saith the Lord. You say, what have we spoken so much against you? And in verse 14, he said, Ye have said, it is vain to serve God. And what profit is it that we have kept this ordinance, that we have walked mournfully before the Lord of hosts? In other words, we, we've been keeping covenant with a God that you can't trust. We, we've been keeping covenant with, with a a higher power, we believed in this higher power, we pledged allegiance to this higher power, we, we, we gave him our trust, we, we put all of our faith in him, and, and I think, ladies and gentlemen, that what we need to consider here today is, it's not that God has not been faithful. It's our idea of his faithfulness is not what we expected it Because some people have an ideology that when you serve God, you're, you're, you know, what, how do you explain to a, to a young set of parents who have just put their baby in a coffin? And you're trying to find words because they expected this child to grow up. They expected this child, and, and they wanted to go to the baseball games, and they wanted to go to to the, the school events and in their mind they had all these plans laid out and yet and if God is so good why would he let a child die you working towards your retirement only to discover that the doctor says you have six months to live and I know we get all churchy and we try to we try to bring clarity to it by saying that the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. But how do you explain that to somebody that they're in the moment of not... Things aren't working out. Just tap your neighbor, just look and say, sometimes things don't work out like we expect. And it's... Can I go ahead and go just a little deeper this morning? And in reality... 
It's really not God's plan for our life. It's what we expected our life. I expected to have a 50-year celebration of marriage and, and at 20 years, they walk. See, it's real hard to get, it's real, it's real hard to, to get honest and truthful in church anymore. Because we, we, we adopt this mindset that, that life's going to be a breeze and there's no, there's no struggle and there's no pain and there's no, there's no trials and, and there's no kind of life. And when you begin to serve God, that man, everything, you get, you get that truck that you wanted. And hundred dollar bills fall out of the sky in your hand and you get always every day get the front row parking space at Walmart. Because our idea of favor is that there will be no pain and there will be no struggle and there will be no problems because the God that we have created for this generation is a God that wants you to go through life as a primrose path and you never have any issues and you never have any struggles and it's like Rascal Flatts uh, sung in his song, country song backwards, you get your truck back. You get your dog back. I even read part of that song said you get your hair back. I'm like, play it, baby, play it. But life is a constant set of change. Life is a constant up and down. You, you go through good times and you go through bad times. That's why the psalmist said, I will bless the Lord. Oh, come on, somebody help me just a little bit. I will bless the Lord at all times. I'll bless him in the good times and I'll bless him in the bad times. I'll bless him because sometimes in the times when it doesn't turn out like you expected, it's a season of not understanding what God is trying to do in your life. And I know we placate it and pass it off like it doesn't exist, but ladies and gentlemen, sometimes uh, you're going through some battles uh, and sometimes you're going through some struggles and sometimes uh, it's not going to turn out like you want it to, uh, but you've got to have faith uh, that he that begun a good work uh, is going to finish the work. And I think, ladies and gentlemen, this is why some people even question whether there is a God or question if God exists because they're, they're trying to see it and they look at people who, who are claimed to be Christian and, and they're just like, even in the worst of circumstances, they're like, I'm okay. And we deny our feelings and we deny our pain. Sometimes life gets rough. Just look at your neighbor and say, sometimes life gets rough. Sometimes life... Sometimes life brings some disappointments. Sometimes, and if we are not careful, we will look at somebody that, that's living a, a little good and think uh, that they never have any struggles. But I can tell you of people that I deal with on a constant basis uh, who have more money than I can even count. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, they're dealing with issues of children on drugs and they're dealing with issues of divorce and, and rebellion and struggles. Uh, and it's a constant day in and day out of dog-eat-dog -dog world. And we think they don't have any problems. 
ladies and gentlemen, they have the same problems because the Bible said that he causes the rain to fall on the just and the Oh, you ain't going to help me preach, but I'm going to preach a little bit today because life is going to bring you some things. I constantly hear the words of Bishop Tenney when he says, you're either going through something, you're coming out of something, or you're headed towards something. And so when you begin to look at a biblical process, uh, a perspective of, of favor, Oftentimes, favor was not like we see favor. The angel appears to Mary and says, Mary, you are highly favored. Wow. But what came next didn't sound like too much favor. Mary, you're highly favored of God. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. You're pregnant. Not what I expected. I was expected to marry Joseph and then have children. But the Holy Ghost overshadowed you and that child that's in your womb is, is more than just a baby. And we rejoice now because we look back and we celebrate Christmas and give gifts to people that don't need anything. I mean, you give the kids all these gifts and they unwrap them and play with the boxes. Isn't it awesome? I think next year we're just going to wrap boxes. We celebrate Christmas and give gifts, but imagine being married. Now, remember, we're a long time removed because, you know, it's, it's not as big a deal for someone to become pregnant out of wedlock now as it was back then. Her favor is going to cause her to have to bear some stigma. Her favor is going to have to cause her to bear some scorn. We rejoice that in her womb was Jesus, the Son of God. We, we rejoice that that child that was born was the Savior of the world. But think about what Mary had to go through to birth the Savior. The scorn. Joseph, who she's engaged to, is saying, you know what, this isn't going to work. Because I know that child's not mine it doesn't belong to me it's one thing for a man to take responsibility to a child that he has sired Joseph said that's not my child and and here he's dealing with these thoughts I think I'll just put her away I think I'll just hide her I think I will go on with my life I'll have to find someone else and while he's thinking about these things, he has a visitation from the angel and said, Joseph, fear not. So what do you do when in your core 
and your heart of hearts, you're honest enough to say, now I'm not talking about on a Sunday morning when the praise team are singing and you're like, I trust you, I trust you. I'm talking about when you're driving down the road and you're thinking about all these things that you're thinking about and you honestly assess and say, God, I don't trust you. You're like, Pastor, are you, are you serious? I think we all find ourselves in those places at times. And it's not that we don't recoup, and it's not that we don't rebound, but it's in those moments of trying to wrap your mind around everything that's going on in your life. Trying to wrap your mind around why there's war and, and, and why there's conflict and why all the religions of the world just can't get along. And y'all looking at me like I lost my mind today. It's good preaching. I'm going to amen myself. I'm going to go home and watch my own YouTube video. But see, it gets uncomfortable. Because all of us, at times, go through these situations. And yet, if we're not careful, the devil will use this as an element of condemnation. To say, man, you're not who you claim to be. You're not the Christian you thought you were. But, but I have to admit, ladies and gentlemen, that even in my own life, I, I think back just a few weeks ago, Sister Margaret, and we continue to pray for you during, during this, this dark season that you're going through. But I, I think of the last time that I walked into the room to see Brother Robert. It was Sunday evening before he passed, and my wife and I walked in the room, and first thing he did when we walked in, he, he goes, Pastor! And that was his common greeting. It was, Pastor! And the next thing he said to me, he said, Pastor, I'm walking in my healing. And I'm like, man, that's great, Brother Robert, because I have been praying for Robert. My prayer for Brother Robert was that God would recreate lungs in his body like he did the skin of Naaman in 2 Kings chapter 5. And so when I walk in and he says, I'm walking in my healing and it's not just a few days that I'm, I'm leaving here and I had no idea that in the scheme of God's plan, his new lungs would be on the other side and not this side. And just a few weeks before that, when we got the call late into the night, early Sunday morning, when we got the call that, that Pat had been shot. And she was hanging between life and death. And I have to admit, as a pastor who is supposed to walk in great faith, really had some serious talks with God because I'm like, that's not the way that you, that I expected it. Anybody? That, that's not the way I expected it. I didn't expect this to happen. I didn't, I, Pat, man, Sundays when she was able to make it to church, man, she was, she was a live wire. She, man, she, Brother Robert, he, he man, he'd get the praise on 
and you try to make sense of it and try to understand it and and then that element of of doubt and we're kind of like the man when when Jesus he went to Jesus and he said hey I, I need a miracle I need a healing and and Jesus said well be it according to your faith and the man said I believe Lord but anybody help my help my help my help my help my unbelief I'm trying to sort this religious thing all out but it don't really make sense God I need you to help me God I planned on taking a trip with my spouse and I planned on taking a vacation but all of that got cut short because his life evaporated and I was praying and I praying about Pat and trying to understand and I'm like God I, I just I just don't know about this because sometimes God's favor comes gift wrapped in adversity a lot of times God's favor comes in a package that most of us wouldn't open Because we look at the presentation and say, no, thank you. Have you ever sat down to, to a meal and you, somebody set a plate in front of you and you're like, come on, I'm about done. You can loosen up a little bit. Go. The catfish is almost fried. Come on. I mean, they set a plate down in front of you and you're like, And you're looking and people's eyes are on you. And I mean, you're looking around for a dog because you want to be a blessing. You're trying to figure out how to get it off the plate without being seen. And, and they're smiling. My wife, true story. My wife, when we started dating, she she's she's quite humorous for you you know she I know she acts prim and proper but she's very humorous and so her and I was going on a date and and the date happened to be that we were going to some people's house and and she she's she always just respects if you invite her to your house she's going to respect you and she always brings a hostess gift and and she just she's that just that kind of person and and so she has a cake I pick her up we're dating I pick her up at her sister and she's got this cake and I mean, it, you know, who doesn't like cake? And so we, we go to the, the people's house and, and, you know, they're gracious and thank you so much for bringing this cake. And, and, and so we're sitting around and somebody said, hey, how about a piece of cake? And so the, the lady of the house, she went and she got the cake and she got a knife and, and, and she's trying to be prim and proper and she starts trying to cut the cake but the cake won't cut. And, and you could see her, she kind of glanced out of the corner of her eye and she looked over at, at you know, then my, my girlfriend and, and she's like, uh-oh. And so she tries to push down harder and the cake won't cut. My wife had made a sponge cake. 
but it was made out of real sponges. And she had taken the sponges and put them and iced it so it looked like a beautiful cake. It wasn't what we expected. I distinctly remember one of the guys there, the icing was so good, he was licking the icing off the sponges. I mean, he, was, I mean, he wanted cake bad. So what happens when your cake is a sponge cake? And you're trying to process it and trying to make sense of it. And next week, we'll get deeper into this. We'll begin to talk about Elijah. Elijah, the great prophet of God. And yet things didn't turn out like, didn't turn out like he expected. And it's in these times, ladies and gentlemen, this is what I want to introduce to you today. It's in these times that our mind begins to question and our faith comes in to question. God, can I trust you? And I want to tell you today that you can trust him. He said to the people of Israel in Joshua, he said, not one time what I said to you ever failed. I think sometimes the problem is we're really not listening to what he's saying. We don't hear what he is really saying because... It doesn't agree with our expectations. But I'm telling you today that you can trust God. His ways are perfect. The judge of all the earth will do right. There are some things I have to admit. Brother Jeremy, if you'll come, we'll close. Thank you for being attentive today and, and listening. And I really hope, I really hope that I've caused you to ask yourself some questions today. More than giving you answers. Because if I just give you answers, that will be the end of your journey. But if I can cause you and I can leave you with an appetite, you'll begin to search and that's where the journey starts. Perhaps you, as the house lights come down and heads are bowed and eyes are closed, you, you sit here today and you struggle with the very concept of even trusting God. Perhaps you've heard all the religious jargon and rhetoric and it hasn't caused you to search, it's just caused you to quit. 
Maybe you're walking through the, the worst trial of your life. You're asking God to bring you out of it and God's saying, no, let me bring you through it. I want to tell you today you can trust Him. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, Father, I thank you for this opportunity of once again sharing a living word. I confess both to you and this congregation there's been times that I've questioned what you were doing in my life. But I come to understand that when I look a little deeper, it was never you failing me. I've had people fail me. I've had people in the church fail me. I've had friends that didn't even belong to a church fail me. But you never have. You've been true to your word that you have been a friend that stuck closer than a brother. I pray for someone sitting here today. I pray, I believe there's many here today under the sound of my voice that they're trying to sort all this out. Trying to make sense of something they don't understand. But only you can truly bring us to a place of understanding. And I pray for somebody that sits here today that have, has never asked you into their life. They've never trusted you to begin with. I pray that maybe not today. It may not happen here today. But in the days to come, in the weeks to come, just something simple that has been said here this morning would cause them to reconsider. Perhaps somebody's very skeptical of what the concept of God is even about. I'm just asking you to show yourself to them beyond the words that can be spoken, beyond the friends that would try to show them. I pray, God, for that person that's trying to make sense of tragedy, I pray that you would give them in your wonderful name amen stand with me all over this building let me just we're going to sing this in closing but let me just give you one last little story from the bible the disciples were in a boat and Jesus was asleep in the bottom of the boat. 
and the disciples are going through a storm. Anybody ever been through a storm? I'm not talking about a thunder and lightning here. I'm talking about you've been through a storm of life. You've been through some difficulty. Maybe you're in difficulty today. And they were on this vessel and Jesus was asleep. And someone went and woke up Jesus. And here was the question, because I want you to understand that God understands our humanity. The disciples looked at Jesus, and here was their question. Carest thou not that we perish? Now, how in the world could you ask Jesus that question? Because they were afraid. Because they were fearful. Because they had doubt. But Jesus stepped to the bow of the boat and said, Peace be still, and immediately the storm 